0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Driving to work, getting ready for work, school, conference period, dishes, laundry, vacuuming, although that might be kind of hard to hear it, conference period, lunch break, whatever it is, folks, I'm glad that you've given me a little bit of your time and For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell people about it, thank you so much. I am incredibly grateful. Hopefully it helps each of us individually a little bit and helps our nation as a whole just a little bit. So we're going to take one of our little walks, have two puppy dogs today that are somewhat with us. We'll see how long they last. Uh, The guineas, thankfully, seem to be on the other side of the house, so hopefully they'll stay there too. And we'll see what we can find Winds up a little bit. Hopefully that's not too bad for y'all on the recording. We're going to jump back into this series that we're doing on, it's kind of a few things. It's, you know, what is patriotism really? What does it mean to truly love your country? And then why is this such a big deal today? You know, what, what's the divide? What's the real divide today? Because we hear a lot about that, well, you know, left and right, uh, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, or, or, you know, and then classes, black and white, rich and poor, brown, yellow, whatever it is, male, female, or transgender, LGBTQ. So, at any rate, the, the big thing here, folks, though, is what does it truly mean to love America? And why is it so important, and what is what does that show us today? So we're going to start, we're going to spend most of, I think, the next three episodes, we'll see how this goes, see if I can squeeze this all in, in a book from uh, the copyrights 1901, 1902. I've talked about it briefly over the past year or so a couple times, if y'all been with the podcast that long. But before I do that, I want to read just a couple quotes from some of our founders. John Adams, Statesmen, my dear sir, may plan and speculate for liberty, but it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. And we could just stop and do a whole podcast just on that one single line of John Adams, and and we're going to use it today, and then we're going to come back to it probably at the end of this little series again, at least the sentiment, if not this exact quote. Thomas Paine, he that would make his own liberty secure must guard even his enemy from oppression, for if he violates this duty, he establishes a precedent that will reach to himself. This is so imperative today this is going on today a great parallel which we're going to talk about in another series in the next week or two is 1930s the British citizenry of the 1930s with the German citizenry of the 1930s you can't we can't pretend that just because something's occurring somewhere else that it's never going to get to us and we really have been for a long time folks Alexander Hamilton, natural liberty is the gift of the beneficent creator to the whole human race. And civil liberty is founded in that and cannot be wrested from any people without the most manifest violation of justice. Again, just our our rights come from God. Our country was founded on God and the Bible again and again and again. folks. James Madison. I believe there are more instances of the abridgment of the freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments than those in, of those in power than by violent and sudden usurpations. Number um, of parallels in history again, folks, of just this small, just I'm going to take a little bit here, a little bit there, and then all of a sudden you look up. And we talked about that, uh, James Mayhew, in his 1750 sermon recently, if you all listen to that podcast, he said, you know, every, a lot, there were a lot of people that were once free, but this, this little drip in the bucket, you know, just this gradual tyranny. And then they look up one day mm-hmm. and they're under this iron scepter, this iron fist, which is such a great analogy. Uh, despotism, dictatorship, whatever you want to talk about. And again, just so many examples throughout history. You could talk about, uh, Venezuela and South America, talk about Cuba, you could talk about Stalinist Russia, Maoist China, Nazi Germany, Pol Pot, just so many. When the people looked up one day and, and they had been indifferent or, or casual toward these little usurpations, as Madison says here, and then, and then they looked up one day and it was too late. One more, and then we're going to move on to the main part. John Adams, liberty can no more exist without virtue and independence than the body can live and move without a soul. Again and again, folks, got to go back to the teachings of Christ. Morality, that's the basis of all morality. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about Buddhists or Hindus or, or Muslims or atheists or, or wherever it is. That if you ever see virtue you can be sure, if it's if it's real virtue, truth and virtue, that, that those actions line up with the principles of Christ. Even if the people don't know Jesus Christ, even or even if they reject Jesus Christ as the Son of God, their actions, when they're truly moral, when they're truly virtuous, you will never find an instance when those actions don't line up with the teachings of Christ. And that's what I mean so often when we talk about you don't have to be a Christian to be an American. But in order to be American, you have to follow the principles of Christ, or I should say, in order for this republic to continue to exist. All right. So we're going to get into this book. and We're going to spend the next few days here. Uh, I said this copyright 1901, 1902. Uh, This was a book made for kids, folks, kids. And that's a huge point here to keep in mind, because we've messed up. Education so badly. And part of the reason is, you know, we spend longer and longer each year, days and, and months in school. You know, each day gets longer and the year gets longer, but we're producing a worse and worse product because we're teaching things that kids don't really need. We're, we're trying to replace the parents and God with the state, which is, just horrible idea, and it's not working, and it, it hasn't worked. We we put our kids, you know, in daycare at six weeks old, and then they, they basically, except for summers, right, they don't see their parents again. And so, uh, you know, at least not as the main caretaker. That's what I'm talking about. They spend more hours at daycare and more hours at public education than they do with their parents starting so early, starting so early now. And, and we all feed into this. I'm part of it, folks. We, we've got to have a fundamental shift. And then the second thing is when we do get them in school, we're teaching them things they don't need. So this book is phenomenal that it was for kids. It's on patriotism. It's by the Reverend W.H.P. Fonts, if I said that right. And we'll jump into it. It is a great blessing to have lived at such a time since the great civil war of America, Hundreds of thousands of boys and young men have lived without hearing any call on the part of their country for sacrifice. They have perhaps never felt the patriotic thrill or heard the call to repel a foe. But you boys, if I may speak especially to the younger ones here tonight, you boys have seen the regiments marching down Broadway, and you have seen them come home again, worn and pale and broken." There may be some here tonight who have themselves enlisted. You have at least seen your comrades go, some of whom may never return. You have seen this country take a new place in the great world's arena. If you do not love your country, who will love it? If you here tonight do not stand by this flag, who will stand by it? If you are not patriots, this land We'll never have them. Folks, if we're not the ones that love our country, if we don't stand for the national anthem, stand for the flag, stand for the founding principles of our country that have made it great, not stand for the mistakes that she's made, but those founding principles based on God and the Bible and the principles of Jesus Christ, then then we have no right to complain when we lose our country. And we are losing our country, folks, rapidly, and it's picking up pace. But what is it to love one's country? Is it to carry a banner in a procession? Is it to shoot or to shout as we see the flag? Is it to fling bunting from the tops of the buildings and send off skyrockets in the evening? Vastly deeper than that is love of country. Deeper than any soldier's uniform. Deeper than any pictures of battleships with which we adorn our walls. To love your country. Let us get this very clearly before us tonight is to love that for which your country stands. I love thy rocks and rills. A man who loves rocks and rills is a geologist, not a patriot. Perhaps thy woods and templed hills. The man who loves woods and templed hills may not love his country at all. Land of the noble free, thy name I love. The man who loves his country loves the nobility, the freedom for which his country stands. He loves the ideal enthroned in his country's history, the principle which runs through all the story of his country's past, like a spinal cord, the ideals which were set before his fathers, the institutions for which these fathers lived and suffered, the man who loves that for which his country stands, he and he alone is the man who loves his country. Great line here, folks. i uh, got to stop for a minute. The man who loves that for which his country stands, he and he alone is the man who loves his country. You cannot claim to love America if you directly undermine the principles of America. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I focus a lot on not the national leaders, right, of the left, but the people who continue to vote for them, our neighbors, our friends, family, the people that live down the road, that, but they continue to vote for support or or to claim to be patriotic and to com- be completely indifferent to these just truly evil, godless values of the left, folks. You can't say that you love America when you stand for or are indifferent to the values of the left, when you say, ah, oh, that's, you know, live and let live, let them do what they want. No, those that core set of values that we talked about recently, you know, things like, Rejection of God from our institutions, abortion, murdering babies, feminism, LGBTQ relationships, illegal immigration, socialism, communism, critical race theory and identity politics, revisionist history and education. All of these things, folks, these are not something to just shrug our shoulders at. These are things which are right now today destroying our nation and have been for decades. You can't claim to support those and love your country. They're irreconcilable, and that's why this whole series is called The Irreconcilable Divide, because there's no way to bridge that gap. You can't get from one side to the other. What is it to love your home? Is it to love the bricks and mortar in the home, in the house? Is it to love the furniture in the various rooms? No. To love your home is to love the ideas for which your home stands, to love the way things are done there, to love the people who dwell there, to love the principles upon which the home is built. And so it is with our native land. <clears throat> a little side note here, I really didn't intend to make this, folks, but uh, you know, when, when you move to a place, and I, I'm really focused on immigration nationally and immigration from one state to the next, one city to the next, if you move to a place because you really like what you see there, why in the world would you try and make that place like the one you just left makes absolutely no sense you're going to destroy the place you just moved to make it just like the disaster that you just fled from and then you're going to be upset that the new place is no longer like like it was well when you come in there just to see what you can get out of the place and then you want to say well this is how we did it back here You don't love that place. You have no love in your heart for that city or that state or the country. Just a little side note here. Now, why should we love especially our country, the United States of America? Certainly, we should not love America simply because of its size. We should not boast of America simply because of its bigness. Africa is far larger than our republic. Thousands of its square miles stretch out under the sun, and for ages they have not produced a man. Russia is marvelous in its bigness, sprawling over Asia and Europe, and held in the grip of an absolute and relentless despotism. Does any man love Russia because it is so big? Why the little countries of this world would have been the greatest countries, usually. The smallest countries have usually done the most for the world as, for instance, Greece and Italy and Switzerland and Palestine. These are the names that have made history and shaped the world. And it is not raising marble to the 25th story on lower Broadway that makes this country glorious. It is not whitening the seas on every side with the sails of our fleet. It is not the size of our wheat fields or the depth of our mines or the splendor of our manufacturers. Bigness is never greatness. We should love our country, first of all, because it stands for freedom. For several years in my boyhood, I went every summer to Concord, Massachusetts, and I loved as a boy to look at the statue of the Concord Minuteman standing on the bridge across the little creek with Emerson's famous inscription at the base. By the rude bridge that arched the flood, their flag on April's breeze unfurled. Here once the embattled farmer stood and fired the shot heard round the world. Why was that shot heard round the world? What was the principle behind it? The principle behind it was self-government, freedom from every yoke and oppression. The principle was, as Abraham Lincoln put it, the right to possess a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Freedom from tyranny, freedom from oppressive law and illegal usurpation of every kind. That was the spirit of 76. But after the revolution was over, one great blot remained upon this country, African slavery. We professed to love freedom, but in all our southern states, we heard the cry of that dark-skinned race calling under God for liberty. Then uprose the spirit of 61 and said, This country shall not divide for the sake of perpetuating slavery. We will fight for union and liberty now and forever, one and inseparable. And in 1863, Abraham Lincoln put with a stroke of his pen his signature to the Emancipation Proclamation. And since then, no slave has walked or can walk on our American soil. Thirty-five years later, the spirit of freedom uprose once again. In 1898, just off our coast lay the pearl of the Antilles, the beautiful island of Cuba groaning beneath the heel of Spanish oppression. The spirit of American freedom said to Spain, Make Cuba free or reckon with us. Spain's answer was continued cruelty, and our response was the destruction of the fleet the charge up the heights of San Juan, and the hoisting of the flag over Santiago and Havana. Now, my brothers, to love our country is to love this freedom. Freedom, political, social, industrial, and religious. To believe in that freedom, to stand for it, to do our utmost to perpetuate it, the world around, that is to love our country. We want no government control over our churches and no governmental aid for our churches. We want the government to give us freedom to work in our own way, to do our own tasks. To believe in freedom is to believe in our country. So (laughs) I pressed right up against the end, folks, and I'm sorry. Uh, We're going to we'll elaborate on this a little bit tomorrow and we'll keep going. But obviously, Fonce was saying that you, you can't have America without a love for freedom, without a love for liberty and So many of our founders, what have they said? You know, what did John Adams say, the quote you read this morning? You can't have freedom and liberty without morality and virtue. And make no mistake, folks, they were talking about the morality and virtue brought along by adhering to the principles of Jesus Christ. That's what they were absolutely talking about. Continually, that's where we turn throughout our history. It runs through all the pages. It's like a spinal cord through a body. This, this freedom and liberty based on God and the, and the principles of Jesus Christ, that is the recurring theme. There's a quote, I can't pull it right now, but talking about how the the, the religious history, the Christianity of our nation is, is the history on every single page of our history. You see it written. So uh, go through these quotes, listen to them again, folks, if you need to. R- remember this stuff. We'll talk about it again. We'll come back to this down the road. but we got to have a fundamental shift, a radical fundamental shift in this country. And if we do, yes, there's a chance that we can avoid this war that's coming. Just like Churchill talked in the 1930s, there are multiple chances. There's still doors open, right? And we've got to use every single one of them. We Reagan talked. We talked about this yesterday, I think, or the day before. You know, we need to to write our senators. I'm horrible at that. I need to write them and tell them, look, we don't want to just go back to the status quo, We want a fundamental shift back to the founding principles of this country. We have to have it or we're we're going to lose the country. And and we've got to start to acknowledge the fact, just like our founders did um, in the revolution and the Civil War, that there's going to be some citizens, some of our family and our friends that aren't going to go along with this. And and that's their choice, folks, and they're going to have to make that choice about whether to, to change their hearts and minds and get them right or to find a new place to live. All right, so we'll keep going with this over the next couple days. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, going for our little walks. I look forward to them. Thank y'all so much. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.